we know you can't get enough of your favorite flavors. Luckily, Kroger Free Pickup makes it easy to grab what you need without any surprise fees. Whether it's extra buns for the barbecue or those chips you just can't quit, start your cart with the Kroger app. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply, subject to availability. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and yes. Welcome to CC with BB. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. And today we're going to talk about the classroom and the group mind of the classroom. A university professor was asked a question by one of his students. Instead of a reflex answer, the professor asked himself, which answer has the best chance of getting through to this particular student? In the professor's mind, there appeared an image of a small door. The door had a slat that was opening. A slip of paper came through it. 
written on the paper was a new way of thinking about a familiar topic. The professor used the idea to answer the student's question. The idea worked exceptionally well. Professor Christopher Bach learned to work with these intuitive moments. He would slow down when asked a question. The little slot would open in the door and ideas or images would appear on the paper. His answers hit the mark. After class, students would often come up to tell him, that's what happened to me a few days ago, or that's what recently happened to my mother. Bach learned to pause, to let his intuition speak to him through the image of the door with its slot and its information. Some of these intuitive answers paralleled the thoughts going through the minds of some of his students. This repeated coincidence type, this mind mirroring, triggered his curiosity to explain how this could happen and how it could be used. He came to believe that each of us is both an island separate from everyone else and that each mind is immersed with the minds of other people in a collective mind. He could download his ideas into the separate minds of his students and also with his mind touch the mind of, this, of, a, of his students for pathways that are faster for information exchange. Our guest today, who is also an educator, has had similar classroom experiences. Dr. Marcus T. Anthony is an author, educator, and futurist who currently lives and works in Zhuhai, southern China. He has set 15 years of experience in the China region and has worked in education for 25 years, teaching and researching in Australia, New Zealand, mainland China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. He has held positions at the University of Melbourne, Beijing No. 2 Foreign Language Institute, the International School of Beijing, and the University of Wales and Sichuan. Anthony is currently Associate Professor of Future Studies at the Beijing Institute of Technology and Coordinator of Global Talent 2050 platform. Marcus, welcome to the show. Uh, yes, great to be here. Can I call you Bernie or Bernard? Uh, Bernie is what uh, I usually go by after a little while, so call me Bernie. Um, okay. Could you, could you tell us about that classroom experience you had with Jack the Ripper? Oh, okay. Well, that was, um, was a slightly complicated case. Um, I should tell you that at the time I was working a lot on my own um, psycho-spiritual healing. And I had some major issues with um, uh, sexual issues with women and especially my own kind of anger and projections towards women. Anyway, on this particular day, I, um, I woke up in the morning and... Uh, I had a, I had a dream actually, and um, basically the end of this dream was there was a, a Jack the Ripper character, and uh, I was basically confronted by a Jack the Ripper character, and of course Jack Jack the Ripper is an infamous character who was you know a rapist and, and a murderer, so um, I often paid attention to my to my dreams and images, so I knew it me meant something about myself that wasn't particularly nice, so I wasn't too happy about it. Uh, but anyway, I got up. Um, I was working in New Zealand at the time, and I was working at an international school. I drove to school in the morning, and um, I pulled up behind another car. And on the back of that car, there was a bumper sticker which had uh, this, the words, um, "What was it? Uh, Jack's Jack's back," I think, <laughs> was on the bumper sticker. So uh, that left me even more unimpressed. But I thought, well, this must mean something, and. Um, 
I went to the, my first class in the morning, which was a year eight class of advanced students. And uh, overnight, I'd actually asked them to write the first line of a story, uh, a fictional story. And uh, what I did, um, the first thing I wanted to do was to check what line they'd written in their story. So I uh, intuitively cast my gaze around the, the classroom and I picked up the student which had the most, which I felt intuitively had the most energy. And I think his name was James, a freckled-faced, like, 14-year-old boy. And I said, okay, okay, James, tell us what you've, you've written. And I'd only asked him to write one uh, sentence. But um, as he started reading, he kept reading. He'd actually written an entire story. And uh, incredibly, the, the story was about um, some guy who was on the run from the police. And um, at the end of the story, basically, the, the police tracked down the guy and that they sh they shot him in the story told by James and and the last line of the story was as um, the, you know the the blood fled from the the dying body a dark a dark mist uh, rose from the body it was the spirit of Jack the Ripper and that was the end of his um, that was the end of his story so uh, by that stage I'd realised I, I probably had some some issue I needed to look at. To, to see what you had dreamed the night before reflected in a story written around the same time by the student the night before or the day before. What impact did that have on you? Well, I just knew that um, I really had to look, because I was, I was in a healing group at the time, and I was uh, 30 years old. I'm 53 now, so that's 23 years ago. And I'd never really done any like cathartic or emotional or deep inner child work. And um, I realized um, there was a part of me that was very angry towards women and perhaps even rapacious, even though I never raped anyone. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, um, but, you know, it's, a, it's, it's within the shadow of the self, a destructive part of myself. So what I did was in line with my understanding of healing is I had to um, find the, the deep anger and the hurt that where that came from. And uh, it, it and when I did that, it really did help me to to heal those issues, and um, it was an important part of my healing journey. How, how did uh, that's? There are two uses of uh, major uses of coincidences or ma or meanings of coincidences. One of them is just what you're talking about is how to use them, and you use this coincidence as a way of delving further into your psyche and healing yourself. How do you think this happened? Uh, good question. Well, my focus at that time was healing. I, I'd come to deeply realize that I really needed to do some, some healing work. So um, that was where the focus of my mind and my greatest intention within my spirit at that time was. And I think this is a key aspect of, of synchronicity and coincidence and, uh, and dreams as well. See, when the student is ready, the, uh, the teacher will appear and the teacher may, may appear in the form of dreams and, and coincidences. Um, so um, I think there are two aspects of it, in my in my opinion. I think it, one, it's a, it's a kind of an impersonal process. It's the, the universe that we're in is is deeply imbued with consciousness. I think so. It is impersonal. But my experience also was that um, there were mediating forces or personal forces or spiritual guides as well that were a part of that. So I, I think um, whether in that case whether it was a combination of the two, I'm not sure, but. Quite often, there's the impersonal and and the personal aspect of where these um, these synchronicities and, and and dreams arise.
Well, I like this one because it happened in a classroom and it happened in a classroom where that a relationship with you and the students had already been established. And my view of it is that you shared a consciousness with that student and with the other students in the class and that that student for his own reasons was able to pick up some of what you were conflicted about and then feed it back to you almost like a therapist might do. Hmm. No, that's a good point, and uh, it didn't cost me like 200 bucks an hour either, so that was really good. <laughs> it didn't cost you 200 bucks an hour. I'm cheaper than that, but it didn't cost you that. It, it's, it's, it's our minds influence the minds of the other people, and that's what I was trying to suggest in the mm. opening story. And mm. teachers have more influence on the minds of their students than sometimes they may be aware of or may be yep. willing to pay attention to. And there you are in the midst of a healing journey trying to figure out part of it, your relationship to women. So it's stirring up in your subconscious, almost into your conscious mind. And students who listen to you give an assignment uh, may be picking up some of that, particularly those who are sensitive to you and are tuned into you. And then what do you do of all the students you got in that class, your mind, your intuition moves around to pick out James because somehow you intuit that he's the right one to ask. You said he's got the most energy. Well, he also had the best message for you. And I think you were able to intuitively, subconsciously pick that up so that you could get the feedback that you needed. Yeah, that's right. In fact, I trained myself and uh, well, I'd been trained to be able to do that. Part of the healing process that I used in the healing group that I was in was very much about um, developing a deep uh, level of intuitive intelligence. Yes. So was, yes. Mm. yes. And what I so much like about the story is that it illustrates your intuition capacity and the group mindedness of a classroom where somebody can pick up what the teacher is going, is going through. Well, we're coming to the end of this of this segment. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network, and we are talking with Dr. Marcus Anthony. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes, and Stairway to Heaven TV. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale, so mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick. Sorry, kids. Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on FindYourPathHome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, Simultv.com, Simultv.com. What's Simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. SIMULTV.com. to CC with BB. That's a song I co-wrote about the two Lauras and a balloon. We're talking with Marcus Anthony, and Marcus has been in uh, China and around China for uh, many, many years, and you're a student of synchronicity, Marcus. So what? how has your views of synchronicity been influenced by working and living in China, where Jung really got some of his ideas from the I Ching? about synchronicity? Well, I can't really say that uh, my experience in here in China has has changed that much because um, by the time I came here, I had a a fairly good understanding. But it was influenced definitely by by Chinese philosophy. I'd read the the Tao Te Ching by that age and its understanding of the Tao. And the Tao really is is about receptive intelligence or receptive consciousness. So it's it's a kind of a feminine... A process, so um, it had already influenced me in that sense. Um, you know, when I was a kid, um, very young, like seven, I remember on TV they used to have that show Kung Fu with the David Carradine, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, for some reason, that that show really, really made a, an impact on me as a kid. I didn't know why, and um, 
And as an adult, I ended up living here. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've had lots of experience of uh, synchronicity and uh, and so on here. But um, yeah, I can't really say that uh, I've read on anything in particular since I've been here that or come to a greater understanding um, intellectually. Just just a matter of embodying it or living it since I've been here. I, I've had a, a bit of a connection with China. I was in Shenyang um, for a couple of weeks before, uh, in, the, in the 1990s, uh, before it became uh, more westernized. And there were only bicycles around and a few wealthy people riding around in black cars. Uh, and I taught at China, China Medical University for a little while, I gave some, uh, gave some lectures there. And there was something different about the environment that looked like it was a feeding ground for coincidences, but I can't tell you what it was. This is why I asked that question, um, mm. is, is how, how that environment might have influenced uh, your own views of synchronicity. But that's, that's, um, that, was, that was where that question came from. Well, it's interesting because I'm uh, right now. I'm actually in nor northeast China, uh, not too far from Shenyang, the city called Chaoyang. Did you say Dalian or something else? Uh, Chaoyang. It's smaller oh, than Chaoyang. Dalian. Yeah, it's Dalian. About the same distance. Yeah. From, as the same distance as Dalian. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, It's a, it, being outside the Great Wall is a different experience. At least it was for us back then. Uh, but anyway, that 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 was uh, that was my bit of experience in China. You've written, you've written a book called uh, something like "More Attractive Than the Law of Attraction." Could you give us some idea about what that was about? Oh yes, let's um, let's call it a more attractive law of attraction. <laughs> I basically wrote that book as um, as just a, a kind of a, an addition to the the understanding of consciousness of the law of attraction as. As was being popularized, uh, popular, popularized about, you know, six or seven years ago with the the, the, the secret and that kind of thing, and I just thought it, the uh, understanding people had sometimes was a, uh, perhaps not ideal in the sense that I think um, there's a tendency perhaps for people uh, not to look at the nature of the mind in its relationship with the world or the ego, if you like, which I, th I think is an important addition to understanding the law of attraction and a few other distinctions I, I, I put in that book. It's, it's an important thing to be doing because uh, I think the basic idea people get from the law of attraction is you can lie down in your bed, put a thousand dollar bill picture on your ceiling and the money will come to you. Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. Um, one of the distinctions I, I put forward is that, you know, consciousness is, is, is you know, a powerful kind of interplay with with the universe, but um, you know it doesn't usurp uh, it doesn't usurp the physical universe in all situations. I mean, I think in your own book about connecting with coincidence, you you mentioned a few things about uh, such as you know, the old Arab uh, aphorism, you know, tie, uh, trust in Allah but tie your your camel and, and so on. And, and you know, I had a lot of trouble a lot of trouble after I got my PhD about. 14 years ago, uh, finding work in academia, and um, I'd, and I'd followed my passion. This is one of the stories that one of the central stories in my book, um, and it was a lot of frustration that emerged out of repeated uh, failure and and rejection, and how that affected my relationship with, with the universe and with with, well, with God, if you like. 
So it created a kind of a, a, a doubt and a kind of an anger within myself. So I learned something from that. And, and what I learned was basically, um, well, the reason I couldn't get a job in academia after doing my PhD was because of the, firstly, I hadn't made enough connections in the tertiary system, in the university system, which is where a lot of jobs come from. So you have to honor those kind of mundane processes. Yes. And the second thing was my, um, my PhD was in a very esoteric area, a combination of future studies, consciousness studies, and uh, what I call integrated intelligence, which is basically psychic intelligence. So as you can imagine, um, those kind of ideas are not that well accepted in the university. So you really have to, um, if you're going to uh, take a road, which is a, the road less traveled, make sure that you've got a foothold somewhere or some way to connect with the world or with whatever kind of people that you're trying to work with. That's a really important distinction. Very, very, very clear, well stated. Yes, yes. And and that's what you did? Well, the, um, I, le I learned that um, quite the, the hard way. Um, I actually learned from... One time I was in I was in Hong Kong speaking to a particular person who was a very spiritual person who's actually a high-ranking academic, and I told him about my problem, and he said, "Well, if, if you know, if people really liked you, they'd give you a job." You know that that really kind of peed me off, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> and uh, so I said, "Well, you know, I followed my passion. You know, I, you know, I sacrificed so much for this, and now now I can't now I basically can't get a job. Why why have all these other people got jobs and not me?" And he said, it's your, your energy that, that's strong. I said, well, I've been doing inner work and all that kind of stuff for years, and it's not working. <laughs> so anyway, I got angry. But then, but you know, uh, I realized, I, I, came to the, I came to the realization that he was actually not quite correct, okay? I'm not saying that he may not have been correct in some sense, but what I did was I went away and I got a, an extra qualification um, which was just a one-month um, uh, certification course, actually, to enhance my uh, skills in teaching English as a second language. It's called a SALTA course. And then I got straight into a, into a university program. So what the lesson I learned is, um, yeah, well, you know, make sure you don't disrespect, you know, the, the law of attraction is good, but don't disrespect the law of the marketplace or the understandings of the society or the system that you're working in. Well, you, you, you write about the future. You are a future a student of the future. And the law of attraction is about also about the future. It's imagining a future that you would want to have happen. Uh, how, do, how does the law of attraction fit with your future studies? And I'd like to know how you define more clearly the law of attraction. Hmm. Well, I guess there's two, there's two questions there. Uh, I don't. I I do bring in this kind of um, understanding to some of my academic work in future studies. Futures tend to be quite open to these kind of things, believe it or not. At least some of them. So I do talk about it sometimes at, at conferences. Um, when it comes to my mundane uh, classroom work and teaching future studies. Um, I haven't been, uh, I don't normally talk about it that much, but I'm going to talk about it more in my coming semester because I'm doing a course on, on consciousness and the future of the mind. So I'm definitely going to bring some more of this stuff in. It takes a bit of courage to, to be open about these kind of things in, the, in a university setting. And, um, and I'm about to bring more of it forth, but I, I, I haven't talked too much about it in the actual classroom. Well, I'm, 
I've been bothered in in psychotherapy. I've written several books on psychotherapy and um, taught about psychotherapy around the country and other places, including in China. That's what I went there for. And there has been a relative lack of focus in psychotherapy on the future of the patient. There's so much emphasis on the present and also on very much on the past with that Freudian influence, but not much about helping to shape visions of the future and not much emphasis on the therapist's necessity to imagine possibly good futures that might be beneficial for that patient. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think that's generally true. Um, Psychotherapy can become stuck in the past. My my understanding is, well, the only real function of of the past in terms of your own journey is really to transcend it so that you can bring your energy fully into the present because if there are parts of you stuck in the past with pain or, or, or stories or narratives that are not serving you, then it's a matter of bringing attention to those. And then you can begin to uh, focus more fully on um, the present and through the present moment then developing ideal futures. So they're the personal futures. And and some futurists do work in that area. Good. And uh, we're coming to the end of this segment. Uh, You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence with your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Our guest is Marcus Anthony, and we're going to talk about the future. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking.
Yes, welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking about we're talking with Marcus Anthony about the future, and it's so important for us to know that we can think about the future better than what we are doing now. And future studies is very, very important not only for individuals to be able to think about their future, but as um, as humanity continues to grow and become more conscious, we need to recognize that we help to create our own futures by the way we think about what the future might be. And if we don't think about the future, that's what will happen. Stuff will happen that we didn't plan for. Marcus, where, what are, how does the individual uh, and group future studies fit together for you? Uh, well, perhaps I should just mention the kind of future studies that I do is actually called uh, critical future studies. So it's inspired by critical theory, which is... Um, without getting into too much of the technical uh, detail, it's basically um, deconstructing or analysing uh, the way people think about the future. Ah, okay. And, uh, mm. uh, but, you know, prediction is also part of that. Uh, there's a, a number of different aspects or, pill or pillars of it. So the first part basically is you, you map the future, what people's understanding of it is, okay? You also look at images of the future, which means what do people expect or think the future will be? And is this the only really way to to think about the future other alternatives um, so for example in many science fiction movies you might see the <clears throat> the dominant themes are basically technology would be the main thing maybe um, utopian or dystopian futures environmental destruction uh, or maybe uh, space travel flying cars and so on um, other other ways to think of the future beyond these these and, kinds and, of and apocalypse and apocalypse. <laughs> I think you're, you're talking about that. I am mm. I am amazed about the book of Revelations and its impact on Western thought. You know, I'm not a, an expert on the, the book of Revelations, but the the idea of the the apocalypse or or um, destructive futures or dystopian futures, as you like, is is very big, of course, in yes in science fiction. You know, yes. in science fiction images, um, are powerful pulls. Yes. Because what what is in those? Well, you look at say Blade Runner from 1981, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. or 2001: Space Odyssey, which is about yeah. 1967 or something like that. You know, those a lot of those images have now come to be. Like uh, in Blade Runner, Harrison Ford is using a computer when he's moving images around a screen uh, through his voice, and uh, you can basically do that on your on, on your iPhone now with a um, with your finger, right? Right. So what what the the kind of images that you you see in uh, film, um, maybe even advertising, uh, books, these all impact the way that we think about the future. Yeah, and but there may be alternatives. And I was and I was looking at I'm looking at some 1940s superman cartoons where mm -hmm. some of the technology is what we're doing now like they did drones back then uh, and they were showing drones then uh and they i think these help create the future i think that's what you're maybe implying rather than just predicting it they help create them yes in a way they become like they could become images or popular images images maybe even archetypal images of the future that and we then, one of the things I was that we then create, but you're but you're talking about a different way of thinking about the future, and I'd like to be able to hear that. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, well, there may be alternatives. Do, do we really want 
uh, futures where we're cyborgs, for example. Yes. Like the cyborg yeah. is a, a common image. Uh, perhaps in the Terminator movies is a very um, destructive image of a cyborg. Um, but uh, is that what people really want? Um, mobile phones. If you look at advertising uh, or uh, basically the idea is that we become more connected by by phones and uh, technology. And that yeah. may be a wonderful thing. There were many wonderful things about it, but can we have a choice? Yeah, and and what no one that. Yeah, and ha what ideas do you have about different choices, Marcus? Hmm. Well, I I um I have this idea which is or, or um understanding or model called deep futures, and it, there's a, a way of looking at the future which I call money and machines futures, which is which is basically I guess hyper capitalism, which is where your image of the future is basically flying cars and and more technology. Yeah. And everyone has enough cash, and you can buy lots of stuff, yeah. and you can be ent entertained and amused. But that is a, it's a kind of a shallow future. It is. So with my, my idea of uh, deep futures, we bring in other aspects of the future, uh, deep respect for community, for example. It's uh -huh. really important for people to be connected to each other. Yes. And, um, and of course, the environment, which is in, in most people's awareness these days, which is good. But also the psycho-spiritual aspects of, of the future. That's yeah. why that's why synchronicity is really important, because synchronicity is a way that people can deepen their awareness of their relationship to the world and the universe, and understand that the place of human beings in in the world and and, and the cosmos is actually not what we're being told in mainstream images of the present uh, and and the future. There is, uh, it's a there's a big misrepresentation of what we are so deep futures um, is a way of trying to re-establish the deeper understanding of the future yeah I so very much agree with you and I am working to do that and so I'm excited by what we're talking about because I I think of technology as supportive rather than the mm. main thing of what the future is going to be, as yeah. you were implying. And that I see the internet, for example, as a scaffolding for group consciousness, that mm. we will be able to do telepathic connections with people, something like what you did in the classroom with your with James and others, and I, can, I do with some of my patients in my consulting room and we will be able to do that with other people at a distance which has been shown on some science fiction where you just think of somebody and that you call them up on the phone through your mind it's like a cell phone of your mind where you where you can dial somebody and, and so it's being imaged technologically in a way that also might mean we don't need the technology to make it happen we can do it through what i think of as the psychosphere and in the psychosphere, there's there's energy and information that we can tap into and use together to create a group mind that can imagine a future that's better than what we are being told it can be. Yes, yes, I would agree. I would agree with that. And you know, in theory, um, technology and the internet can be a great enhancement to human consciousness. It can also bring out the shadow side of. Oh yeah. As you can see, if you just open up almost any comment section on Twitter or. Or someone like that, um, but that in itself, if if you as an individual have an understanding of the human psyche and you understand, develop the right relationship with with your own mind, then you'll understand that for what it is. So it can actually become a deepening 
as long as you bring the right consciousness to it. It's like any thought, uh, any in, internal um, feeling or image or any, any experience in your life can be a potential to, to expand. And so somehow we have to teach people that they can do this without getting caught up in the, in the dramas of online uh, bickering and, and, and so on. How would you teach them that, Marcus? Well, first of all, you just have to understand, understand, develop the right relationship with your own mind. Okay, because even if you're on on, on a website or Twitter, say, which is, can be quite hostile, yeah. and someone sends you a message or you see something which, which triggers you with anger, well, if you've got a good relationship with your mind, you're far less likely to fire off something into 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 cyberspace. <clears throat> and uh, unfortunately, of course, these days, if in the old days, if you yelled at someone, then it just went into the ether. Now it's stuck on the internet for <laughs> forever, so it could come back to haunt you. So the, the main thing is that you develop the right relationship with the mind. In a way, it's just like the Buddhists used to say, develop the right relationship with the mind. In the modern age, develop the right relationship with the mind and the psychosphere, uh, the internet, technology. It's all about developing the right relationship with it. So I teach, teach people self-awareness and <clears throat> The right relationship, especially with the emotional body. Elaborate, please. Well, basically, most dramas emerge from uh, projections of emotion. If someone says, um, "Oh, you know, you know, bugger off! You're you're ugly and stupid," and which is what most uh, um, insults come down to, like you're stupid and and uh, what else? Or bad, basically. You're immoral, or you're bad. Um, you're stupid. Um, That'll trigger something within your own mind, possibly. And if it does, and if you have awareness of it, well, you, it's not going to have much effect. Or well, you can take assume responsibility for the emotional energy that arises within you. So that's a very important part of um, any awareness, whether it's on the internet or, or with anywhere anywhere else. So um, that's how I would teach people. Uh, we may be at a very important point in world uh, history. Uh, with uh, a lot of uh, nasty rhetoric going on, not only in the United States, but in different parts of the world, where there's a dichotomization of the good from the bad. I'm the good one, and those other people are bad. And that has been all around for human human consciousness, but it's, it's a louder drumbeat than it probably has been for a long time and seems almost coordinated around the world. And I'd like to, in our next segment, I'd like to get some idea about how you think about this kind of world, this world consciousness that's having this nasty dichotomization going on in it. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, on the Exxon Broadcast Network. We're talking with Marcus Anthony about the future. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. 
Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Yes, that's the psychosphere. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD on the Exxon Broadcast Network. And that's a song I co-wrote. The psychosphere, trying to be able to talk about how energy information we breathe in and we breathe out like carbon dioxide and oxygen. And this last segment, 
We're talking with Marcus Anthony about the future of the world and um, just the my observation that there and a lot of other people. There's there's a lot of uh, black and white. We're bad. We're good. You're bad. Rhetoric going on around the world. It's been there a long time, but it's getting louder and louder. And uh, Marcus, it's just part of my question. Take it wherever you want. But what do you think? What do you look? for as the what do you see as coming in the future of the world and what can we do about anything that looks like the bad part of that well the truth is we're in pretty much unknown territory when it comes to the internet and and the the shadow elements that we're seeing the um, the cultural wars and so on and uh, so these kind of dichotomous conflicts between different groups and the most obvious one i guess is is left and right and, and so on but there's all around the world there's like online conflicts between different groups. Um, uh, now, what, what I think, uh, basically, um, there are different levels to the problem. So I think you've got to work at the technological level as well. I think that's an important part of it. So they've got to work out how they're going to use information systems. Um, how do you allow people uh, to, what do you allow people to say? And where are you going to draw the line as far as censorship goes and those kind of things? How much power do you give to big tech companies to say who gets a voice and who doesn't? Because, you know, why should um, uh, Facebook uh, set the set the boundary um, when Facebook has so much power, or maybe um, Google or um, any any other tech giant has so much power these days, in in a way that they're, they're actually part of the public sphere? So should they get the right to to say who's speaking and who not? So there's a technological aspect to it as well, and that will only become more pronounced over time because people will become more and more connected, we assume. And um, there, there are other aspects to it that we can think of it as well. There's, there's a biological element to conflict, the way that the, the human mind uh, and the um, neurophysiological system responds to threat when people insult you, for example. Um, so that's an, that's an aspect of also on, of what we see on, on the internet. Uh, my interest, though, really is, is probably in this, the psycho-spiritual aspect of it. And as I mentioned before, how do we interact with technology and uh, the people or images or messages that we see on the Internet? And, um, and how can we actually use that as part of an enhancement of our own understanding and wisdom? Yeah, good, good, good. How, answer that question. <laughs> well, I, I, pretty much what I said, it's about bringing awareness to how your mind reacts to things and but in order, to, in order to do that you really have to have a commitment to wanting to better yourself and that has to supersede your desire to be a part of a group okay so if you identify as a particular group on, on the internet let's say the red group or whatever it is against the blue group or let's say the pink group let's, let's use a neutral term and part of your mind will probably will be attached and identified with the group and its belief structures or its main narratives or themes. You need to develop in your own mind a greater um, intentionality to place your own psycho-spiritual development and the development of humanity, which means not just your group, but the group that you may be arguing with, above your identification with that, that smaller group. So that intentionality is really important. And if people don't have it, it would be very difficult to to teach them not to uh, or how to manage that kind of experience online and, and to transcend it in terms of understanding the shadow elements of it and, and how their own minds can become better. The commitment 
the person needs to make to develop not only psychologically, but also interpersonally and also for humanity is what's so vital in this development of our minds into the future. As I understand that, that's what you just said. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, if you don't have that, I mean, of course, you're just going to get caught up in the drama of a conflict. So we need we need a bigger picture, right? So that's one of the one of the ways that synchronicity and gen generally um, psychic experiences can expand people's awareness, so that we are we are we are, we are more than just uh, say conservatives versus liberals or or whatever group that you may be embedded in. Okay, uh, there's something bigger than that beyond the the conflict or the drama, and you need a. a an understanding that there is something to, to transcend here beyond tribal conflict. Um, so that's a really important part. Of it. How do you how do you teach that? That what is that something that is beyond that we need to to get to the new that we need to transcend to? Mm. Well, you know, that's, as I mentioned, synchronicity and coincidence and psychic experience can can give you that understanding that you are part of something which is which is bigger than. Um, uh, the life and the culture and the society that, that we live in and the, the conflicts that we have on an everyday personal basis plus plus um, a group basis. And how, do, so, how, do, how, does, how does coincidence, synchronicity, and psychic experience do that? Well, for example, <clears throat> um, I'll give you a story from when I first came to China. Um, when I first came to China, I was kind of triggered um, by the, the culture here. And I was part of my Western uh, indoctrination, if you like, or, or in cultural, in cultural, whatever the word is. I was, I had the Western worldview, and I was particularly, you know, triggered by these the the, the Communist Party and its its um, kind of patriarchal hold on 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 Chinese life. And I had a dream one night, which really alerted me to what was happening here. And in this dream, I was looking at a computer screen. And on the left-hand side of the computer screen, there were images of uh, Hu Jintao, who was the president of China at this time. And there were some, like, tanks and things. And on the right side of the computer, there was images of my father. And I remember, the, I woke up, remember, I remember the dream very clearly, and I wrote it down. And I realized I was projecting my own unresolved anger at my father onto the Chinese nation. And, was, and really, I needed to look at my own anger issues. And uh, this is just one story, but, you know, eventually I transcended a lot of that, that kind of projection at, uh, at China, and especially the, the idea of the Communist Party being evil. And I'm not saying it's, a, it's perfect by any means, but there are ways of developing the right relationship with authority, including authority which may be authoritarian. Well, in our last in our last few minutes, um, I can hear you talking about what needs to be transcended, your anger at your father as an example of that. But transcended to what? After you transcend, what then? Well, for me, it's actually quite simple. It's just to be present, to present to life. You can't really be present to life if your energy is, is stuck in the past because things will keep triggering you. And uh, if, you, if you're being constantly triggered and pulled back into the emotional body, you're basically moving back into the past, into something that is not here of the moment. 
Now, that's pretty mundane. What does it mean to be present? It just means that you can be present with the person that you're with or in the situation that you're with and that your own light is able to shine in the, in the presence because in, in, in presence there's a kind of a light that emerges from us which allows us to, to truly love other people or, or just to even just accept them because most people are not used to just being unconditionally accepted by others. That's a very powerful transformative thing which, which shouldn't be underestimated. It should not be underestimated. I go to dance pretty regularly, and there's a lot of that non-judgmental acceptance mm. there, and it makes a huge difference. It's such a relief being from being out in the world so often. It's not just the dance; it's that mm. non-judgmentalness that's in a mm. group. Uh, there, there, there's, this, this also what it means to be present. And uh, you have a beautiful description there. It comes across nicely, very nicely, very well about uh, the light that's in us that gets kind of shaded, that is shaded when we're triggered by current events that trigger past experience or past relationships or past difficulties. And that gets in the way of our being present because we're pulled into the past to say it in the most simple of ways. You call it embodied reaction, too, and that gets in the way as well. I mean, it's part of the being triggered in the past, but eliminating that triggering uh, so that it doesn't get in the way of your being able to shine the light in the present is a beautiful way of saying it. Yes, and it may not even be eliminating it. It's just about having the awareness or the, the skills to be able to to be present and develop the right relationship with the emotionality as it as it as it rises. As it rises, as it mm. rises, yeah. Because, I mean, some emotion is pretty good from the past uh, and deserves a place in the present, um, especially if you've had love in the past. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And in the end, you know, all you can do is wake up each day and and if whatever arises in that in the moment or in the day is is what you need to take responsibility for and. In a way that it's it's a gift from God, whatever it is, and even if it's something that that may trigger something unpleasant within you, it's your responsibility as a human being to to be present with it, so that you can then you know shine your light in the world, you know, and you, and you do. I'm, I'm sorry, we've come to the end of it. It's beautifully said. You've been listening to Connecting with Coincidence on the Exxon Broadcast Network. Our guest has been Marcus Anthony. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500 plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, 
Join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light.